Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm at McDonald's near my house, and there's like 12 people in line. Now, they know me there. I jump behind the counter. I work the fries. I get it moving. I've been employee of the month twice. I don't work there. But I love having my picture up, and I take the parking space. And McDonald's. Now, skinny people, I love you. We're all God's children, but the food situation, you piss me off. You browse, you pick. What is that over there? Now, does that have onions on? Get out of the line! Get out! Go over there and think! Skinny people decide what they want when they get to the front of the line. What were you doing in line? Your tax returns? What do you have? (laughs) It's McDonald's! What, have you been in jail since 1950? (laughs) It's McDonald's! Ask me anything, left to right, right to left. What do you want to know? Get out of the law! Good morning. It is Thursday, June the 8th, and this is The True Conservative. Welcome to all the butchers, bakers, and candlestick makers out there. I'm Ron, your host, and the only true conservative in the United States today. So today, after the Serenity Prayer and the Star Spangled Banner, we will have No Free Lunch, The Rape of the Mind, Sean Hannity, Sino, Democrat Threats, Gavin Newsom, Indictment, Donald Trump, and Donald Trump versus Nikki Haley, you decide. All that and more when I come back. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, please remain standing and remove your hands for the national anthem of the United States of America. Thank you. 
Thank you, thank you. And now there's no free lunch. 250 Economic Truths by David Bonson. Recommended reading. Human Action, Ludwig von Mies. Economics in One Lesson, Henry Hazlitt. The Road to Serfdom, Friedrich Hayek. Free to Choose, Milton Friedman. Wealth and Poverty, George Gilder. The Wealth of Nations, Adam Smith. Defending the Free Market, Father Robert Sirico. Basic Economics, Thomas Sowell. Race and Economics, Walter E. Williams. The Law, Friedrich Bastiat. Intellectuals and Society, Thomas Sowell. Capitalism, Socialism, and Democracy, Joseph Schumpeter. The Fatal Conceit, Friedrich Hayek. Bourgeois Equality, How Ideas, Not Capital or Institutions, Enrich the World, Deirdre McCloskey. Foundations of a Free and Virtuous Society, Dylan Pauman. Capitalism and Freedom, Milton Friedman. Principles of Economics, Carl Manger. Econoclass, Brian Dimitrovich. The Commercial Society, Samuel Gregg. And that was There's No Free Lunch by David Bonson. Back in a Thank you, thank you. Who is the true conservative? He knows that the government has no rights. He is religious. He is patriotic and uses common sense. He makes judgments, refuses to speculate, speaks clearly and definitively, and is not afraid to say no. He's open-minded, asking why rather than why not. He is consistent, credible, and influential, not ashamed of his existence, unafraid to learn or correct his mistakes. He is a normal American. Back in a minute. Thank you, thank you. So I'm listening to Hugh Hewitt, and he's interviewing somebody, and they said, they're talking about what kind of debates to have for the for the Republicans. And he said that uh, Donald Trump doesn't like uh, Fox because he has some kind of an issue with Fox. And then he says uh, there's uh, other candidates that don't like CNN or don't like MSNBC, and he's getting it all wrong, as is typical for a pseudo-conservative. <clears throat> um, it's not an issue of what they like. The issue is... Do they have reason to avoid CNN and MSNBC? Does Donald Trump have a reason, a good reason, to avoid dealing with Fox? Yes or no? Okay, that's called respect for reality. The way he's doing is it, he's giving a nod to the left who says that reality doesn't exist. Everything is a matter of opinion. All opinions are equal except as to popularity. Wrong. Absolutely wrong. Wrong, and this is why he is a pseudo conservative or perhaps a sino conservative in name only. Back in a minute. Thank you, thank you. So, uh, I'm listening to Stuart Varney, and he has a, a guest host, of course, but, anyways. 
Uh, he is, they put out this statement by President uh, Biden uh, from Twitter. Uh, we've deployed more than 600 U.S. firefighters, support personnel, and equipment to support Canada as they respond to record wildfires, events that are intensifying because of the climate crisis. Now, uh, it sounds, it, the, the Democrats have a problem. They want people, they want to exercise authority. They want people to be obedient. But they know if they go out and they tell people, obey, obey, nobody's going to listen to them. So then they think, well, we could threaten them in some way, shape, or form. But they know that if they try that, that's not going to work either. So then somebody came up with a great idea. Hey, I know. Why don't we go ahead and threaten people but make it sound as though it's advice? Ding! And then so that, so that verbally... It's advice, but psychologically, it comes across as a threat. And that's exactly what the president is doing here. Psychologically speaking, he is threatening Americans with record wildfires. He is trying to get us to psychologically believe that he and the Democrats have the power over the weather and over the climate, over fires, over floods, over tornadoes, over hurricanes, and that if we don't do what they tell us to do, then they will make sure that those disasters increase with a corresponding increase in loss of property and life. Make no mistake about it. Back in a minute. Thank you, thank you. And now, the rape of the mind. Oh, the Conference of Unconscious Minds. Let me return for a moment to the wartime conference on welfare I mentioned earlier and tell you something more about it. The conference chairman did not feel well. Every decision was as painful for him as his ulcer. He hemmed and hawed and refused to accept the responsibility the position placed on him. The representative of one of the Eastern European countries was an attractive woman, but a misanthrope. Every word she spoke was colored by suspicion. And when a representative from one of the Latin countries attempted a mild flirtation with her, she showed her confusion by arguing furiously against every one of his constructive proposals. We also had a hesitant, old-school, professional politician in our midst. Though he couched his speech in gentle, polite words, he spoke only to destroy every proposal that was not initiated by his faction. When he had to listen, and this he did not like to do at all, he busied himself constantly with his tie or his eyeglasses, always polishing himself. In a crowded corner sat an enthusiastic young man who longed to do something important. He wanted to act. He wanted to see something accomplished. And his excitement was regarded by the others with sophisticated disdain. He did not know the rules of conference play. The sessions were boring. The delegates spoke endlessly and pointlessly. But one day, the entire conference was gripped by a kind of uncontrollable fury. Every delegate tried to destroy all his colleagues. Someone had unexpectedly used the word traitor to designate a certain guerrilla group fighting in Europe. And the smooth discussion was suddenly transformed into a collision of the insurgent passions that had long smoldered behind suave masks. What agitation was aroused? What rage? What anger? But it was only temporary. It died down. Our sophisticated conference spirit reasserted itself, and we settled down to do no work. 
The chairman made a polite summarizing speech, and we disbanded. The charitable work we planned so carefully is still undone, and many years have passed. With dogged optimism, political leaders still convene to construct a new peace for the world. We know that many of them will suffer again from the ulcers of the stomach, but what do we know of their deeper hidden wishes and resentments? Although I'm afraid that the time is still far away when we shall subject our official representatives and administrators to psychological education and selection, we must become more aware of the many unconscious factors which influence them and us. Do political leaders try to understand one another and the groups they represent? Or are they only measuring the power of their political machines, their words, and their votes? Are they guided by private resentments and ambitions? Or by the honest wish to serve the community and its ideals? Are our administrators mentally well-equipped to do their tasks? If not, how could psychological insight gradually improve their equipment? How many of them are conscious to the extent of their private frustrations? Are their destructive impulses rationalized away under the guise of political allegiance? How do illness, disease, and neurosis collide in their deliberations? Watch how, in any debate, polite speeches are interrupted by sudden diatribes. To what degree do childhood rearing, fixed ideas, or pathological ambitions of administrators influence the destiny of a town or nation? We recognize the idealistic platitudes may cover inadequate proposals, and we tend to accept this as the well-worn play of political strategy and diplomacy. But far worse than this overt policy of evasion is the hidden political conference and discussion between the unconscious minds and passions of politicians. How many politicians and their followers are aware of this lurking undercurrent, which often wields a stronger influence than overt action? How does the personal element between our administrators obstruct our own mental freedom? And what is the role of the psychopathic element in some of our leaders? It is important for us to ask these questions, for the development of science has taught us that, even when it is impossible to find immediate satisfactory solutions, posing the right questions helps to bring clarity to the future. It prepares the way for a solution. The Bureaucratic Mind In a state where terror is used to keep the people in line, the administrative machine may become the exclusive property and tool of the dictator. The development of a kind of bureaucratic absolutionism is not limited, however, to totalitarian countries. A mild form of professional absolutism is evident in every country in the mediating class of civil servants who bridge the gap between man and his rulers. Such a bureaucracy may be used to help or to harm the citizens it should serve. It is important to realize that a peculiar silent form of battle goes on in all of the countries of the world under every form of government. A battle between the common man and the government apparatus he himself has created. And that was The Rape of the Mind by Juiced Mirlo M.D. Thank you, thank you. So, uh, watching the news this evening, I find out that uh, Governor Gavin Newsom has uh, decided he's going to uh, push a constitutional amendment to uh, modify the Second Amendment. So, uh, there's going to be background checks and a whole bunch of other things. So, now, at first blush, you would think no, but I say yes. This is what I've been demanding that the left in this country do from the very, very beginning. The left 
it's kind of odd because he's supposed to be on the left and maybe he didn't get the memo that says the whole point here is to undermine the Constitution until we get to the point where nobody's really paying attention to it anymore and then we can just go ahead and switch over to something else, maybe a parliamentary style system, whatever. Okay, but we will get rid of the Constitution that way. That by going out and getting an amendment, you honor the Constitution. You honor the concept of the rule of law. And that's not what the the left in this country wants to do. That's not what the left in any country wants to do. They want to subvert. And again, the the post-Marxists are the ones that want to get in everybody's psyche and convince them that they want socialism. So, so it's very surprising that uh, Governor Newsom would go ahead and offer this amendment, but it's welcome. To me, it says it shows the first, maybe the first few cracks in the the wall, if you will, of the left in this country, and that um, because. This is what I've been asking for. If you, I got no problem. If you want to go by the law and you want to go ahead and uh, you want to ban guns outright or you want to ban them in part, get a constitutional amendment. I won't support it. And if Gavin Newsom succeeds in uh, getting his constitutional amendment out of Congress and sent out to the states for the states to ratify, I won't support it. I'll vote no. Okay. So, and I will demand my representatives vote no, etc. But I respect what Gavin Newsom is doing in um, following or honoring the rule of law. That's what's important here. Whether we have guns or we don't have guns, I'd prefer to have them, but... The point is, we got to do things by the rule of law. And if you want to get rid of them, then you're going to have to get a constitutional amendment, which is exactly what Governor Newsom is at least proposing. Back in a minute. Thank you, thank you. So I heard that, uh, well, apparently the Justice Department sent a letter to um, former President Donald Trump some in some legal mumbo-jumbo. But the basic idea is apparently that these, these types of letters have to be sent before the Department of Justice can uh, go ahead and uh, file criminal charges or get an indictment, looking for an indictment or something like that. So, and then Donald Trump has already talked about it. A couple of things that I wanted to say is, number one, uh, I'm outraged by it. It's outrageous. It's absolutely outrageous conduct, but it's typical of Democrats lately. Not again, not the Kennedy Democrats, not blue dog Democrats. And if you're a blue dog Democrat, if you're a Kennedy Democrat, you should be outraged with what your party is doing. Because what they're doing is not to Donald Trump. This is what they're doing to the United States of America. Because stop and think about it. If the Democrats can get away with this kind of crap, why can't the Republicans? 
Why can't the Republicans haul old Joe in front of some kind of judge, indict him, and put him on trial? Or put Hillary Clinton on trial? Right? Why not? Why not trump up charges against Democrats? And then we go back and forth and back and forth, and we never really get anything done. But it's, again, it's outrageous, and it would have helped if Donald Trump had said so. One of the things that uh, we're, we're involved in the cult of neutrality, and everybody gets caught up in it, including myself. Too much time, spending too much time describing events and not talking about how the events affect us personally, uh, emotionally, and otherwise. I also don't like the way, by, by the way, financially, from a tax standpoint, I'm a taxpayer. I don't want my taxes used for this kind of purpose, for, as uh, Donald Trump so aptly puts it, a witch hunt. Now, having said that, what's the point of this? A lot of people get it wrong. A lot of people are getting it wrong. A lot of people on right-wing talk radio or Republican talk radio are getting it wrong. Fox News gets it wrong. Is the, the left doesn't give a damn about having pictures of him frog-marched out in, in handcuffs and all that. They don't give a hoot about that. Okay, if that's what they wanted, uh, they would have given up on this a long time ago, if that was all they were looking for. What they're looking for here, and I've said this before, but I want to remind everybody that what they're really looking for is for Donald Trump to resign. Because, you see, if they get a conviction, if they go ahead and they bring him up on charges, and they even if they get a conviction, they know that at least half of the country is going to see this conviction as just nothing more than a political trial. And that it was, uh, that the conviction was manufactured, that it was a political process, and nobody's going to care. And there, as a matter of fact, they may very well uh, get even more motivated to vote for Trump. And for if we have enough right-thinking Democrats and independents that wake up to see what, what's being done here, done to this country by the Democrat Party, who is, they're willing to trash our country in order to get to Donald Trump. And enough of those people may end up voting for Trump in 2024, putting him in as having him uh, become the Republican nominee and win the election. They know that. The Democrats do. What they also know is the value of confession. There's nothing better. Every dictator knows this, by the way. Every totalitarian state knows this. And uh, we've heard a little bit of about it in the book that I've been um, playing for you called from Juiced Mirlo called The Rape of the Mind, which is all about totalitarianism. He creates this fictional little country called Totalitaria, and, uh, but he talks about that where the idea is torturing people for what? To get a confession. There's nothing more valuable to the state, to the deep state, shallow state, to the Democrat Party than a confession. 
okay? Once they get you to confess, they're, they're all set. And quitting is tantamount to a confession. Look what happened to Bill O'Reilly of uh, Fox News. He used to have his own show called the No Spin Zone on Fox. And then there was these accusations, vague accusations that uh, Mr. O'Reilly was doing things uh, that he shouldn't be doing. He was doing things that were um, inappropriate, let's put it that way. And what did Mr. O'Reilly do? He made the biggest mistake of his life, and he didn't realize that he'd made that mistake until it was too late. He went ahead and got with Fox News. They sat down with him, and uh, they put out a statement saying, in the, in the best interest of everybody, Fox News and uh, Bill O'Reilly, Bill O'Reilly's going to leave. So he quit. He quit. And when you quit in the face of these kinds of criticisms and accusations, it's tantamount psychologically, to a confession. As far as the entire country is concerned, Bill O'Reilly confessed to being a lecher, that he skulks around uh, hotel uh, uh, hallways uh, in his bathrobe looking for women uh, to harass. They tried the same thing with with, um, Sean Hannity. And that was, as a matter of fact, many times, couple of at least a couple of times with uh, Rush Limbaugh, and um, so with Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity stood firm. He absolutely refused to quit, and absolutely refused to confess. And he weathered the storm. This is again shows you the value of standing up to the left. The left doesn't want to fight. What they want to do is convince you that you can't win. Once they've convinced you you, that you can't win, then you're going to resign, you're going to quit, and they get the victory cheap without having to um, spend one drop of sweat. And this is what they want from Donald Trump. They want Donald Trump to confess by quitting. They want him to quit the race. They want him to say, you know what, I've had it, I'm done, I'm through with all of this. And it wouldn't be surprised me a, a bit if we find out later on that maybe that was one of the negotiated you know, that they're they're trying to negotiate something. I'm sure they're doing that behind the scenes. Is that they're getting with Trump and trying to negotiate some kind of a, a, a settlement. You may be going to him and saying, hey, look, you don't want this to continue. Bad for you, bad for your families, bad for your supporters. So why don't you quit? Quit the race, drop out of the race. We'll drop all the charges. Right? Uh, I suspect that's probably going on. I don't know for sure. I don't have any evidence of that, but it wouldn't surprise me. A bit. And Donald Trump must hold firm. He must be resolute. I I don't envy him the position that he's in because uh, after this uh, indictment is he's facing another phony indictment in Georgia. He had the phony indictment in New York. Now he's facing another phony indictment for the the classified documents. Then there's going to be another phony indictment in Georgia that's pending. I don't envy this man's position. I know it's a a lot of pressure, but uh, I admire the fact that Donald Trump, and that's one of the things that um, about Donald Trump that 
the, one of the reasons I stay loyal to Donald Trump is because he's admirable. He is absolutely admirable. And because um, he stays the course. He's not going to quit. And it's vital that he doesn't. Because part of the reason, part of the, the idea of getting, not only getting to quit because it's going to make him look, of course, guilty. He quits, he looks guilty. But it also then demoralizes his followers. All his followers will become demoralized and the Democrats think that they will all just fall into line and do what they're told. So it's vital not only for Donald Trump, but for Donald Trump's supporters that he stay the course. So far, so good on that score. Back in a minute. Listen, no one knows when the indictment's going to come down until the grand jury hands it up, right? But I think they're on a fast pace. That's why the target notification, which is a required notification in the U.S. Attorney's Manual, has occurred. But there are some really big complications in this case, and I just want to focus on three of them. I reported a year ago, and I reported it at the time a decade ago. There is a ruling in the District Court of Columbia that says that uh, a president has wide latitude to determine what papers he takes with him as personal, and that they're really it's not really challengeable in court. That's going to be one of the things that the prosecutors are going to have to overcome. The second thing is there's been these leaks about a tape where the president allegedly says, I, I have a classified document I can't show. He doesn't use the word classified. The, the news reports are wrong. He uses words like secret or confidential, which could also mean colloquial terms, not the, the classified documents. And, and then the third thing is there is now this very serious allegation that the Trump team has made to the deputy attorney general and to the chief judge of the U.S. District Court in Washington. That allegation is a federal prosecutor working on the current case made comments to a lawyer with a cooperating witness in the case uh, that he he knew that the the lawyer was up for a judgeship. So basically dangling a judgeship in connection with the investigation involving his witness. That's a very serious matter. Those are going to be three thresholds that the Justice Department's going to have to tackle if they do decide to secure an indictment against the president. Uh, yeah. In the wildfire and heat wave in Puerto Rico to once again push her radical uh, Green New Deal or the climate alarmist religious cult agenda, tweeting, quote, it bears repeating now how unprepared we are for the climate crisis. Earlier today, Outkick host Charlie Arnold, well, she spoke with New Yorkers about the city's deteriorating air quality. Here's what they had to say. There are politicians, extremely liberal ones like AOC, who think that this is a reason to now push a plan that would cost the country $94 trillion. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, I feel like we should do a little bit more looking into what maybe caused it, because forest fires can happen from anything from science reasons to one guy throwing a cigarette in a bush and, you know, causing that. So before we start spending trillions of dollars that we kind of need right now, maybe we should do some research as to what's going on first. Do you think that there's any need for climate change legislation? I, I think it's uh, they do. They do something. They, they should do something about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you're totally comfortable being out here, smoke and all, wildfire smoke and all. Is there, is, did you think uh, about putting on a mask? I, I, I didn't care about corona. I should have cared about this. 
Does this, in your mind, make you feel like there needs to be some climate change legislation? Yes, yes. Even definitely. though it's from forest fires in Canada that maybe wouldn't be prevented even if the legislation was in place? I don't know if there's much that we can do, especially considering it is coming from another country. Um, but I think we should all be concerned about global warming anyways, because this is overall just going to get worse and worse. Yes, definitely. It's a golden opportunity for people AOC, to push their agenda to the people's throat. Prevalence of chronic illnesses and health problems, especially in children. We've seen a stunning rise in autism, autoimmune disorders, obesity, infertility, serious allergies, and respiratory challenges. It's time to ask, what is going on? Is it the food that they eat, the environment that we live in, the over-prescription of certain medications? Is it the toxins and chemicals that are present in our Homes. Every year we spend hundreds of billions of dollars to treat these chronic problems rather than looking at what is causing them in the first place. Too often our public health establishment is too close to big pharma. They make a lot of money, big pharma, big corporations and other special interests and does not want to ask the tough questions about what is happening to our children's health. If big pharma defrauds American patients and taxpayers or puts profits above people, They must be investigated and held accountable. When I'm back in the White House, I will establish a special presidential commission of independent minds who are not bought and paid for by Big Pharma, and I will charge them with investigating what is causing the decades-long increase in chronic illnesses. I understand Big Pharma, I believe, better than anybody else. I know where they're coming from. And then I will ask them to publish recommendations for how every American child can have a safe and healthy childhood. This is a conversation that is long overdue, and it's a conversation that American families deserve. American families must have this conversation, and they must have a leader, a president, who can do something about this problem. And I will do that. Thank you. sadly we're a nation in decline and yet they go after a popular president a president that got more votes than any sitting president in the history of our country by far and did much better the second time in the election than the first and they go after him on a boxes hoax just like the russia 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 hoax and all of the others this has been going on for seven years they can't stop because it's election interference at the highest level. There's never been anything like what's happened. I'm an innocent man. I'm an innocent person. Uh, they had the Mueller hoax, the Mueller report, and that came out. No collusion after two and a half years. That was set up by Hillary Clinton and Democrats. But this is what they do. This is what they do so well. If they would devote their energies to honesty and integrity would be a lot better for our country. They could do a lot better. They could do a lot of great things. But when you look at what's happened to our country in the last three years, we were energy independent. We had a strong military that wasn't woke. 
We were doing so well. We were respected all over the world. Get the biggest tax cuts in history, biggest regulation cuts in history. And what do you do? You have a president where an election was taken, got more votes than any sitting president in history by far, never anything even close. And they come after me because now we're leading in the polls again by a lot against Biden and against the Republicans by a lot. But we're leading against Biden by a lot, a tremendous amount. And we went up to a level that they figure the way they're going to stop us is by using what's called warfare. And that's what it is. This is warfare for the law. And we can't let it happen. We can't let it happen. Our country is going to hell. And they come after Donald Trump, weaponizing the Justice Department, weaponizing the FBI. We can't let this continue to go on because it's ripping our country to shreds. We have such big problems, and this shouldn't be one of them. It's a hoax. The whole thing is a hoax. Just like Russia, 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 just like the fake dossier was a hoax. You saw the Durham report. You saw the Mueller report. It was all a big hoax. You had two impeachments, and they lost, and we won. And we had tremendous support. But that was a hoax and a scam. And now they're doing it again. It's just a continuation, seven years, even after I'm out. But it's called election interference. They're trying to destroy a reputation so they can win an election. That's just as bad as doing any of the other things that have been done over the last number of years, and especially during the 2020 election. So I just want to tell you, I'm an innocent man. I did nothing wrong. And we will fight this out just like we've been fighting for seven years. It would be wonderful if we could devote our full time to making America great again. And that's exactly what we did. But now, again, our country is in decline. We're a failing nation. And this is what they do. I'm an innocent man. We will prove that again. Seven years of proving it. And here we go again. Very unfair. But that's the way it is. I just want to thank everybody. We are doing something very special for our country. We're putting America first. I always put America first. And that's why we were in a position. Unfortunately, that position is no longer valid because they've done such a poor job. But we're in a position where we're going to make America great again. Uh, I'm innocent, and we will prove that very, very soundly and hopefully very quickly. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. And now we have Nikki Haley, her uh, bid for president of the United States, her announcement versus Donald Trump's announcement for his bid for president of the United States. You decide. So first up, Nikki Haley. The railroad tracks divided the town by race. I was the proud daughter of Indian immigrants. Not black, not white. I was different. But my mom would always say your job is not to focus on the differences, but the similarities. And my parents reminded me and my siblings every day how blessed we were to live in America. Some look at our past as evidence that America's founding principles are bad. They say the promise of freedom is just made up. Some think our ideas are not just wrong, 
but racist and evil. Nothing could be further from the truth. I have seen evil. In China, they commit genocide. In Iran, they murder their own people for challenging the government. And when a woman tells you about watching soldiers throw her baby into a fire, it puts things in perspective. Even on our worst day, we are blessed to live in America. I was born and raised in South Carolina, so I have seen the very best of our country. People here threw out the old, tired political establishment and demanded accountability for their tax dollars. Industry reports called us the beast of the Southeast, which I love. People came by the thousands for fresh starts. Moms and dads held their heads up high. Children learned that it was always it's a great day in South Carolina. It's a great day. It's a great day. A great day. A great day in South Carolina. We were strong. We were proud. And when evil did come, police in South Carolina are looking for a gunman following a shooting at a church. Several victims. We don't know the uh, severity. We turned away from fear toward God and the values that still make our country the freest and greatest in the world. We must turn in that direction again. Republicans have lost the popular vote in seven out of the last eight presidential elections. That has to change. Joe Biden's record is abysmal, but that shouldn't come as a surprise. The Washington establishment has failed us over and over and over again. It's time for a new generation of leadership to rediscover fiscal responsibility, secure our border, and strengthen our country, our pride, and our purpose. Some people look at America and see vulnerability. The socialist left sees an opportunity to rewrite history. China and Russia are on the march. They all think we can be bullied, kicked around. You should know this about me. I don't put up with bullies. And when you kick back, it hurts them more if you're wearing heels. I'm Nikki Haley, and I'm running for president. Okay, so that was Nikki Haley. Now, Donald Trump. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. friends and family here tonight is such a beautiful thing it's some people say how do you speak before so many people all the time if when there's love in the room it's really easy if you want to know that you ought to try it sometime (laughs) 
Together, we will be taking on the most corrupt forces and entrenched interests imaginable. Our country is in a horrible state. We're in grave trouble. This is not a task for a politician or a conventional candidate. This is a task for a great movement that embodies the courage, confidence, and the spirit of the American people. This is a movement. This is not for any one individual. This is a job for tens of millions of proud people working together from all across the land and from all walks of life, young and old, black and white, Hispanic and Asian, many of whom we have brought together for the very, very first time. If you look at the numbers, if you look at what's happened with Hispanic, with African-American, with Asian, and just look at what's happening. This is a party that has become much bigger, much stronger much more powerful, can do much more good for our country. This is a job for grandmothers and construction workers, firefighters, builders, teachers, doctors, and farmers who cannot stay quiet any longer. You can't stay quiet any longer. You're angry about what's happening to our country. Our country is being destroyed before your very eyes. It's a job for every aspiring young person and every hardworking parent for every entrepreneur and underappreciated police officer who is ready to shout for safety in America. The police are being treated so badly. These are great people. They can straighten out the crime. They're the ones that know how to do it. We have to give them back their respect and their dignity. This will not be my campaign. This will be our campaign altogether. Because the only force strong enough to defeat the massive corruption we are up against is you, the American people. That's true. The American people, the greatest people on earth. We love them all. And we love both sides. We're going to bring people together. We're going to unify people. And it was happening in the previous administration, previous to the previous. And uh, what was bringing them together was success. Prior to COVID coming in, the people... We're calling me, that we're calling me. You wouldn't believe it. People that were so far left, I figured they'd never speak to me and I would never speak to them. But our success was so incredible. You've been listening like never before. to the former president announcing that he. Okay, so that was Donald Trump. So you have Nikki Haley versus Donald Trump on their announcements that they're running for president. You decide. Back in a minute.
Thank you, thank you. I'm Ron, your host and the only true conservative in the United States today, bidding adios to all of the butchers, bakers, and candlestick makers out there. And until next time, be honest, be smart, be beautiful, and remember that the left has no authority, no power, and they can't win. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.